Welcome to the Remnant by Reclaim 611 podcast. I'm Paula. And I'm Carrie. And guess what, guys? It's been a long time since we've been together. It's been, what, about... You said two years. Yeah, about two years since we've been together, since we've done this. So um, this is a moment. This really it's is a, a moment. moment in time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, loving it. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm so happy to be back with you. And it's so good to see you again and um, get an opportunity to talk and just chat it up with everybody. Yeah. With yeah. everybody. So I'm excited to get into what we're doing today. I'm going to let you introduce our special guest and we'll go from there. Sounds good. Well, it's really special to be here today, and we haven't been here in a while. So those of you who do listen to The Remnant more regularly, you know that we haven't had a lot of content like in the last year, haven't been really made it into the studio as much as I'd love. And so it's fun to be here. Um, And really, honestly, what brought us back into this studio is just um, something I could not not talk about and a story and a person who is exceptional and everyone really needs to hear her. And this is Emily Lewis. Um, And what's really special is she is actually one of my cousins. And so I just want to welcome her and uh, hey, why don't you say hi? Emily. Hello. <laughs> um, Emily is going to, we're just going to talk to her about her story and um, she's going to share some stuff. So we're going to ask some questions and she's really going to fill this podcast in with all of her knowledge and, um, and her stuff. So Emily, do you want to just tell us actually how old you are to kind of start with? Um, yes, I'm 21. 21. I don't know how you got that old girl. it's actually gonna be really close to my birthday soon because my birthday's in july if you remember so i'm gonna 22 very soon wow summer birthdays there's so many of those so many summer birthdays that's crazy you've gotten so old so it's been a while so your story actually started when you were how old 15 15 and do you want to Kind of just talk about how this started and. Um, yeah, I can talk about that. Um, uh, as of, um, uh, recent, recently it's, uh, with the whole internet that's been happening since like what, 2001 or like 19, whatever, (laughs) Uh, it's been um, a lot more common. I've seen that uh, you know, we, just everyone being on online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, are, it's just more obvious to encounter predators online, and that's where mine really started on a on a site called. Deviant art because uh-huh. I wanted to post my art, and it was actually the one time I didn't post art that, and I posted my face on it because I had this wig that was like a blue color that I wanted to show off, and um, it started. It started off just. Like it, like anything, like you wouldn't have have uh, questioned anything because he was the one who contacted me first, made first contact on that photo, and he didn't say anything creepy and like anything like that. He just said one word, beautiful. Mm. That's it. Mm. But what carried on was. Um, it, on DeviantArt, you can send people, just like on any other site, you can send them messages and privates. Um, I wasn't on DeviantArt for very, very long. Um, so I, I never fully understood how the site worked, and I still don't fully do it because I'm not on it anymore. Um, but from my understanding, the messages are called notes, and that's what he sent me. Mm. And uh, it was more just really bad timing 
mm-hmm. for it to start. Because um, I don't know if you know this about me, because of course we're family, but um, I have something called Asperger's, mm. which is a high functioning um, form of autism. Mm. I did not know I had this at the time. Okay. Mm. But uh, because of it, I'm not really good at talking to people. Yeah. I still don't have a lot of friends. So this was like, a this was kind of a safe place for you to connect because it was an app and it was something you were really passionate about, which was art. And so you found this app and you were using it um, for school and for just... Um, for your own passion and interest. And this person who we know is a predator, but obviously you did not know that at the time, um, saw your picture and um, interacted with you and simply said the word beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's how this initially connected. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And that makes a lot of sense because who doesn't want to be called beautiful? Right. Like, of course, that would capture anybody to um, maybe have the next engagement with that person. So after he said beautiful um, and you're posting art on this, this app, is that what you're doing? Okay. Okay. So where did that conversation lead from there? Did after he said beautiful and he sent you a message, what kind of conversations and things did it start with? Um, he, he immediately contacted me on the notes to say that, um, um, looking back on it, I think like, it's like he immediately started off with, um, what he was going to do. Like looking back on it, I didn't think of it any, um, uh, of it any at the time and I didn't. I didn't really think at all about what was happening because that what was going to happen wasn't on my mind. Right. But, um, did he mostly start conversations with you or talk about your art or did he kind of just really lead into asking you to send him things? He actually immediately led in with what he was, which to find they're all lies mm-hmm. old he is which really he didn't say that he was around my age like he said i think he was around like t- 20s like early mm-hmm. 20s like 23 or something um because a lot of predators will say like oh i'm i'm 14 i'm 15 or whatever um but i think he said that because he also said he was a photographer mm-hmm. And so he's like, oh, that's why I like your pictures. No. So, so he, and so that's why he immediately went to, I want to get more photos of you. Purely innocent photos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want. And because I just wanted to talk with more people. Yeah. I didn't see the red flags. Yeah, it's okay. And, you know, We don't see the red flags because it's not something that's just talked about a lot. It's not something that, you know, people inform you about, hey, be careful about this kind of stuff or or this kind of stuff. Because like you said, he only started with one word and that was beautiful. Are are you okay right now to keep talking to us? Okay. All right. You're so brave, Emily. You're doing a great job doing a great job. I want to ask you this question um, for people who may not know. So deviant art, because I remember getting on that site and I think I was just going to look at some art to try to use it for something that I was doing. And if I'm not mistaken, you can use the art and do you pay the person for it? Like if you buy their image or something, are you, are you just upload? Uh, no, deviant art is just a site to upload art, mm-hmm. but, um, I know what you're talking about. Um, what you're really thinking about is commissioning an artist. Okay. So 
Um, you can do that just, it's commissioning is just basically asking an artist, hey, I want that art, or can you make me this art? Mm-hmm. And I'll pay for it. So you can do that in public or like, you know, with someone mm-hmm. or just so on DeviantArt, you would upload your art. Then could anybody use that art or you would just upload it? Um, um, because it was public, any, anyone can kind of just take a look at your art. Uh-huh. But since your art is copyrighted to you, if you didn't want someone to you know, re-upload it and stuff, you can just be like, hey, but it's just a place to upload your art and have that place for people to comment and look at it. Got it. Okay. Okay. So much different than a lot of other social media sites or or sites on the internet. Yours was specifically for art because that's what Mm -hmm. you're good at. You're good at art and you were just, you know, uploading your work and just being a a teenager, just being a Mm -hmm. teenager, showing off something that you're good at. And what you should have been and should be a safe place, Mm -hmm. right, Um, to do that. So what I hear is like there's this public platform, right, and he sent you a private message. And so how did you go, like, what was the conversations he was asking you that went from like a public platform on an app to private conversations and pictures and what kind of things, just for the listeners, Emily, um, what kind of things, so they understand like how the, what these predators do and how it, how it escalated. What kind of things did he ask of you at first and how did it kind of snowball? Um, well, all the conversation kind of started off, um, nice. Um, I didn't actually converse with him for all that long. I think it was, maybe as long as just two months or whatever. So it never got to the point with me and him that it got um, really to the point where people kind of talk about like abusive situations or situations like where the predator gets um, angry or they want to keep you or they really try to manipulate you to keep you there. But he he was mani- man- being manipulative mm-hmm. manipulative because he was in that he was trying to keep me in that sweet state mm-hmm. where you know you talk about the cycle of of abuse where um, everything's sweet and then it will go bad but then the pre- predator or whoever will turn right back to sweet mm-hmm. so mine never went to that it always from the start started off as oh innocent sweet let's let's just take some pictures mm-hmm. and it would absolutely to inappropriate pictures but always was kind of nice just keep talking to me keep talking to me I'm your friend mm-hmm. keep because he wanted you to feel like you were he was a safe person for you and so yes. just to clarify and you don't have to go into this but the what I'm hearing you say is he started to ask you for like nude photos. When you're mm-hmm. saying he wanted photos, it wasn't no longer about your art. It was now no. about wanting nude pictures of you. Yes. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Well, how did that, how did that make you feel when he first asked you that? Um, he actually did, um, pro- probably, um, a really good uh, manipulation thing where he was just like, oh, you can take these pictures. And of course, they, they didn't start off as like, take off all your clothes. Right. And whatever. It's just like, oh, just show me your chest. Mm-hmm. Or just show me, um, I know your bra strap or something. Like something that is kind of sexy, but not like full bar. And mm-hmm. it would slow um, more and more and more as he wanted different pictures in like a, a session of talking to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where it would kind of uh, escalate. But how, because when it first started, I was just like, no, I don't want to take pictures. 
like that. No, no, I'm not think I'm comfortable. Um, but it, it was all that thing of like, let's start off sweet and then let's get more and more and more. And then you're not even thinking about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love how you're able to explain it. Um, so the audience can understand about the cycles of abuse and how it, it never got ugly for you. It stayed in this sweet place of, Hey, I just want, just, I just want you to take a picture, just, just something simple. So it it was never just, um, ugly. Yeah. That, that's a point where I never stopped to think that I was being manipulated. Uh Uh-huh. Because, um. I think when a lot of people think of manipulation, of course, lots of people think it can't happen to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I won't be manipulated. Which, um, if you ever, if anyone ever thinks, like, oh, I can't be n- manipulated, you're probably the easiest person to be m- manipulated. Mm-hmm. That's some seriously good insight there, Emily. Yeah. Um, but, um, you had, when we, oh, I'm oh, sorry. sorry. No, go ahead. When we talk about manipulation and, um, like, like you said, like cycles of, of abuse and people doing what he did, we all, I always, because I watch a lot of crime shows and stuff, and I, I always um, saw where, like, you know, you start off sweet and they, because they want to keep you there, but then it would get crazier and more violent and you know, because they would know that they had you. And so, so they know they didn't have to pretend to be sweet anymore. But it never got to that. Mm-hmm. So I never thought I was being manip- manipulated. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important for people to understand that if someone's if someone's being really, really sweet to you, but they're making you do something that you don't want to do. No matter how much they're saying that they're your friend or they're a safe person to talk to, or don't worry, I'm not going to show this to anyone. If it's something you don't want to do, if they're truly your friend and they truly care about you, the moment you say, I'm not comfortable, I don't want to do this. Like you don't have to say directly, no, of, of you just say, no, not really feeling it. Don't think I'm comfortable. Um, as soon as, as soon as you say I'm not comfortable, that person should stop and go, oh, I'm so sorry. And it should be a completely different conversation from that point. Mm-hmm. That's, That's really good. good. That's good for <laughs> That's teenagers That's really to good. Know. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so true. Did you, um, we had some questions here and some of them, you know, you things you wanted to talk about um and what it says what did you call the person who did this to you well um yeah i what i put that question down because you know i've talked about what happened to me with my mom and i think my mom she she knew his name at one point Mm -hmm. I never learned anything about him. Like I saw him in court. Um, I believe I I could have been told his name, but I didn't want to know. Mm-hmm. So when I referred to him, or when I talked to my mom, um, about him, I just call him him, mm-hmm. the abuser, mm-hmm. the pedophile. Like, cause that that's all he is. He's not my abuser. Mm. He's not. He's not like this, um, cause it, I just see it a lot when I watch like criminal shows. It's like, oh, this guy was like the baddest of the bad. He's so criminal. He's so evil. He's not even a person. But that's not who he was. Mm-hmm. He was he was an adult that knew better. Mm-hmm. He'd done this before. He knew not to do it. He mm-hmm. got caught doing it before. He talked to me the day he got out. Wow. He knew not to do this, but he did. He, he knew the consequences. He did it anyway. So he's not 
this monster to me. He's a person who knew better. Mm-hmm. Well, you just used a term that I think is important um, to also describe someone like this, which is a pedophile. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is who he was. And he, you know, for the listeners, because they don't know your whole story yet. And um, so this relationship, well, we're not going to call it a relationship, this grooming that happened over an app with a man who was actually a pedophile, obviously you had no idea whatsoever. So how did this get exposed? How, and did you figure out that this was a man who was lying to you? Um, to be honest, for a while I wanted to tell my mom before it actually came out. And um, he actually said something that made me go, ooh, maybe, maybe I should actually tell my mom and stuff about this. And sadly, that's around the time where it actually came out. And um, when he, I was like talking to him about my mom mm. and he said something along the lines of, um, like I wasn't saying anything bad about her, just to make that clear. I was just talking about like what was going on in my day to day. And he said something like, don't believe your mom. Your mom's not, not that good of a person. Oh, oh wow. Like he was, it wasn't, I can't remember exactly the words he said, but that was basically the, the gist of it, of like, your mom's not that great. You, you don't have that great of a relationship with her. Don't tell her everything. Mm. Which, you know, to look back on, I think um, I thought before that, like, I have a good relationship with my parents. Mm-hmm. That's how I was able to do everything in my story. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't, and he said that, mm-hmm. how easy would it have been and how how good would I have felt to have someone um, say to me that, yes, my mother is terrible to me, mm-hmm. if my mother truly was. That's scary to think about. Because you could have had another girl who was like that. It's really insightful, Emily. Yeah, but how it actually came out was I didn't have my own phone at the time. I actually just got, yesterday, I got my own phone for the first time. I've had devices, but I've never had something to call someone on. So the phone that I did have wasn't mine. It was mine and my brother's. Um, and I won't say which brother because I have three brothers, but yeah, for you, you know, it's the brother who's just after me, just born after me. Got it. Um, he he was apparently um wanting to show pictures um to his friends, and um, you know, that's the phone where I took all the pictures, and I knew he would uh, have the phone, so I would delete all the photos and then go into the you know, del- deletion thing and then delete all the photos. But apparently in this time, I didn't de- delete a few. Mm. And so he saw them, which I feel bad for. Mm. You know, you, you shouldn't have to see your sister like that. Mm. They were graphic. But he went and told my parents, um, my parents got angry and then and upset, of course, about what was happening because they didn't fully know what was going on. And then they they called me up, and that's how it was all found out. Is hmm. I didn't share a phone, and he, um, I was you know a fifteen year old, and I wasn't perfect at erasing my tracks. Well, I just want to tell you, Emily, that um, from what you just said, you know, first of all, none of this was your fault, right? You didn't know you had someone who was a a pedophile on the other side of that phone. So um, first, just like that, none of this was your fault or something you would have gotten into had you have known that you were being lied to. 
And second, and you have a lot of perspective, but something you just said, and I just want to speak to is sometimes the mistakes that we make as in forgot to um, delete photos are the things that save us, you know? And I know there's a lot of pain and a lot of things and that have happened because of that, obviously not easy for a sibling to find photos. Like can only imagine the dynamic there. I don't think anybody listening would think that would be easy. Um, And there would be struggles there, but ultimately this led to exposure of a very bad person. Yes. And when this exposure happened, just for you to share with others, how did that, did you kind of admit that? Was this, how did that kind of come about the conversations with your parents? Cause I'm sure they were freaking out. Um, I, re- I refer to it um, as the worst thing to happen just because, or the worst thing of the situation. Cause while it is good that my parents found out, uh, I don't, totally like how they approached me Mm. about because I understand that they didn't know what was going on and all they knew was that their teenage daughter had taken inappropriate photos and it was on her brother's phone like hey you shouldn't have done this and I believe then that's when they also found the chat or, or somehow they found it I don't totally know because they were all up in the room. I I didn't know anything of like how they found it. And they just called me up into their room. And this is the point where it was the worst for me because mm. like I kind of said a little bit, I was already thinking about telling them and coming to them and being like, hey, I don't fully know what's going on here, but I kind of wanted to stop. Mm. Um, And I imagined the worst scenario in my head, which is what constantly made me stop and not want to go to them, which was the worst scenario for me was them yelling at me because I don't like to be yelled at and that would be the worst. And so, and sadly, that's what happened. They just started yelling and saying, why did you do this? What's going on? And it took a while for me to, after that point, to sit back and go, I was the victim in all this. Mm-hmm. You know, what happened to me was an adult that knew better. And I had, no matter how much I if I did go along with something or no matter how much I said yes to in some, that something was okay, no matter how much I agreed, I was still the victim. Because mm-hmm. in this, I was a child and being taken advantage of by an adult who knew better and who knew not to do this. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, I did not feel like a victim. I felt like the worst person in the world. And that was the, that was the worst part for you. Cause what mm-hmm. you were trying to avoid ended up happening, which was to be reprimanded by your parents in, in, or be yelled at to you. That yeah. was, you were trying to avoid that. And in your head you were thinking, Oh, well I'm already thinking about telling them and bringing this up. Um, but that was the one thing that really hindered you from doing that was the response that was going to happen. Yeah. And because they were so upset, even though they, you know, were saying like, you know, kind of be like, tell me why you did this. Mm-hmm. Cause I was so upset. And because I was being yelled at, I couldn't explain. Mm-hmm. And I, I just wish that they could have maybe taken a moment to calm down and to try to realize what the situation was even just a little bit so they could have more of a calmer aspect to me and try to actually actually instead of just trying to yell at me and try to demand what I'm doing uh, and be like you're 
you're in the wrong, tell me what you did wrong, instead of be like, what's happening here? What happened? Because mm-hmm. I just didn't explain what happened because I couldn't. I was too upset. Yeah. Well, as a parent, I'm definitely, these are good things for us parents to hear too, you know, and to take the advice to, if we think something's going on or something's brought to our attention that maybe our child's going through or has been involved in is um, to sit back and find out some more information. And what you're saying is you wish um, someone, ha- your your parents had just been more calm when addressing mm-hmm. you over something very sensitive, obviously, and very personal. So I think mm-hmm. we can all take that away as parents in addressing whatever it is that might be really sensitive with our kids that that you couldn't even think you're saying that that was really the worst part of this entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say something? Yes. Oh, um, I like that you were aware that you were the victim. Mm. Um, but understanding that one thing I caught that you said was the way your parents addressed you and yelled at you, you didn't feel like the victim in that moment. Um, but you, you felt like basically almost like it was a, a willingness and not necessarily that this man took advantage of a minor, of a child, and he knew better. So um, what was something that was said to you in that moment that you wish wasn't said to you? Um. To me, it was less of um, what what was what was said because they were trying to all they were trying to do was to get an explanation. Right. Because I don't remember it fully, but it was basically just um, tell us why you're doing this. Why did you do it? Um, and what's happening? But it came across so aggressive mm-hmm. and probably why that was was I technically wasn't like a child child at the time mm-hmm. like like I said I was 15 so technically I was a teenager you know technically it was you know you're already kind of exploring that side of yourself and so and since they didn't fully understand what was going on I could probably look back on it and say like they probably thought their teenage girl was doing something sexual that she shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But just because someone's a teenager and just because they're doing something sexual, it doesn't mean that they're just in the wrong immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, you just they you could they could have asked everything of like, um, because just 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 how they came in was just like, like I said, I already felt like I wasn't the victim. I was I felt like I was the perpetrator. I did I did something wrong. Mm. I should have said some something. I should have already cut it off. That wasn't what they were saying, but because of the way they were saying it. Um, I didn't feel like, um, that I was a victim in any of it. I just didn't. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have, like, even if, even if they couldn't understand what was going on, if they just held back for a moment and go, okay, I know she's a teenager. I know she's exploring the side of herself, but let's sit her down and calmly ask her, why are you doing this? What is going on? Instead of coming off so harshly, like, what did you do wrong? What are you doing? Because mm-hmm. just because you're doing something like that doesn't mean you like, even if it wasn't this scenario, like say it was just like, I had a boyfriend or something like I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't be sending, you shouldn't be sending sexual photos at all of yourself. Um, whether you're a teenager or not, it's just not a good idea with 
just how people are nowadays. It's not a good idea to have those kinds of photos out there. But to come off so harsh, it just, it just made me crumble into myself. So I heard you say, and I'm going to take this and, and hopefully paraphrase it, but use it the right way. So based on what happened to you, if another teenager is experiencing this, you would want parents to know a good way to approach it is to, even though you get upset, take some time to calm down and then approach the situation and not approach it from being accusatory, Mm -hmm. not approach it from yelling and fussing, but really trying to understand, first of all, creating a safe place for your teenager to want to talk to you and explain. And then um, asking questions that will not make them feel like the victim. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Because I I can understand why an adult and a parent don't want their teenager doing stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's completely understandable. Mm -hmm. But to confront the teen, um, like they had already done something wrong, if you don't fully understand what's going on, Mm -hmm. it's not going to make them open up to you and actually tell them wrong because I was very lucky in the fact that I have a good relationship with my parents but this still happened they still made me feel that way Mm -hmm. and so you know I teenagers sometimes get a bad rap we're we're stupid we're we're dumb we don't understand fully everything what's going on but yeah, after as adults, that of course we're not going to know everything. You have to teach us. <laughs> How are we supposed to know any better? Mm-hmm. I think the other hero in this scenario is your brother. Mm-hmm. I, I really think with him going to say something, you know, your mistake, like Carrie said, is what saved you. So. Kudos to your brother for, you know, saying something as well. Um, We want to transition a little bit um, because you've really helped us with the parental aspect of it um, and parenting, you know, teenagers and just ways to approach things and, you know, being sensitive to how we approach things. And I heard you talk earlier about you said Dealing with your parents was the hardest part, right? But you also said you were able to go to court. Mm -hmm. And to me, that That would have been the hardest (laughs) part. But you said that wasn't the hardest part. So can you tell us a little, can you speak a little bit and tell us what court was like for you? Um, Court was interesting because court takes actually a long time for anything to happen. Right. So, like, before any court stuff happened, um, it was more first, like, a policeman coming to your house. And he actually got, like, the full um, conversation that I had with this man. Because, surprise, anything that you delete off of the phone, because my parents actually deleted the conversation. Anything that you delete on a f- off a phone the police can go right to your provider or anything or go actually to the app or anything mm-hmm. and just be like, Hey, uh, we need this. And it never fully gets deleted off your phone. So that's another reason, even as an adult, I'd say don't take those scandalous pictures cause they will never go away. Mm-hmm. They never get fully deleted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically, it was basically just him coming to our house and saying like, this is the conversation. Yes, this and this. I didn't really look over it because I didn't want to see it, but my mom did. And then he kind of left. And um, after it was more, actually, I went to therapy and everything. And so court actually 
God, I don't know how long from when it found out to when we actually went to court, but it felt like a long time because I actually got my, um, I would get my age wrong of when this happened kind of around the first time. Um, I, w- I would kind of talk about it because it ha- everything happened with him when I was 15. Mm-hmm. It probably happened for like two months when mm-hmm. I was actually talking to him. But then most of the court stuff didn't happen until I was 16. So actually going to court and everything happened when I was 16. Mm-hmm. So it was a, a difference in my mind. Yeah. trying to figure when everything actually happened. Mm-hmm. And so um, court didn't happen. Going to court didn't happen like where we live because um, he lived he lived somewhere else because it happened over the internet. And so, right. no, most, most times, you know, the person who you're talking to doesn't live exactly where you are. Mm-hmm. And so he lived, I think, um, or at least where it happened, the court case happened in like Minneapolis, mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called. Okay. And so we had to fly to court. Okay. And court happened really, really quickly. That's good. In my really quickly because you know i was still a child and so i wasn't like forced to do my own paperwork or anything like that like my parents took over everything um and we had like an attorney or, or whatever with us i remember like two people i'm like a, a woman who was going to like stand behind me when i made my statement in court and kind of sat sat next to us um but I think I remember someone else who was there. So I don't remember too much of actually what like went on with all the court stuff because I luckily had just really good adults around me mm-hmm. that took over everything. That's all I had to do was show up in court. Um, they let me give a statement and then I sat back down. Okay. That was kind of it for okay. me. Okay. Um, was he in court when you were there? You did get yes, a chance I, to see him? Yeah. Okay. I didn't try much but i did see him okay was there any other victims yes yes there were i never met them but um i actually know that he got caught or when they arrested him they um arrested him because he was going to meet another victim a 12 year old girl Mm. going on a bus to actually meet her in person and do something but when the police officer came to our house, when he talked about that, he told us that, you know, when they arrested him, they had to go into his apartment, which he lived with his mom. Mm. Uh, and I believe he was like 40 or something years old. Wow. So, yeah, in, I, I believe if I'm remembering this right, he, because he had already been arrested for doing this before, he wasn't supposed to be allowed to be online. Mm-hmm. But when into his house, they found, I think, multiple phones and multiple computers. And of course, because he was arrested for doing stuff with children, they had to go on his computers and they found hundreds of photos. Mm. Like the mm. officer said, like, like they do in a lot of crime shows, my police officer said, like, we found so many photos of girls that it's impossible to ID all of them. Wow. Oh my gosh. We don't know fully how many victims there are because there could be, you know, multiple photos of just the same person and they don't all have their face in them. Mm-hmm. So you know if that's the same person or if it's a different person. Mm-hmm. And then you can't verify all the ages and you just can't find everyone. So I hear this is a a 40-year-old average man living with his mom who's a known pedophile already prior to this, had already had charges, still ongoing. Yeah. His mom knew. His mom knew he wasn't supposed to have anything, and he lived with her, Mm -hmm. and she didn't know anything that was happening. And then your case comes along and you are the only person 
on trial in Minneapolis or wherever city you were in that testified person. against him? From what my mom has told me, because my mom, my mom technically knows a little bit more about like on more of the legal side and, you know, cause she and my dad have talked to the police about it from what she has told me, even though I'm the only one who showed up, if you remember what that 12 year old girl, her parents, um, I think they wanted to show up, but they just couldn't. Mm-hmm. And there were multiple other people who wanted to show up mm-hmm. and they didn't mostly because they couldn't. Mm-hmm. So because you were- showed up, this man is now in jail. That's what I'm yeah. hearing. Right? It's kind of, yeah, he probably would have gotten the same sentence if I didn't show up because he'd already been arrested for it previously. Mm-hmm. But it was mm-hmm. just, you know, another good notch to get me there. Mm-hmm. And, well, you know, it's I- really common for people not to want to show up for being scared and fear and a lot of reasons, or they're just not able, like you said. So the fact that you and your family were so dedicated to the justice of this man and what he did. So other, other girls like yourself, um, that this wouldn't happen anymore. I just like taking that stand and being so brave Mm -hmm. (laughs) to show up and fly across the country to show up in court, um, to, to, to put this man back in jail. I just want to commend you for like how strong you are, Emily. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, this has been so insightful Mm -hmm. and I know it hasn't been easy. And when you talk about your story, it's so normal to get emotional Yeah. no matter how much time has gone by. Mm -hmm. And so probably what you're feeling right now, it's it, that's, those emotions um, are very normal. You've done an amazing job and you've given us insight to how this happens and grooming online mm-hmm. to um, dealing with parents and encountering this all the way to standing up for justice yeah. and putting this man away again. And so I just want to know how amazing you are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we have loved talking with you yeah. and it might actually be interesting. I know you and your mom have talked about as list- talking from their perspective of of how this happened and um, reporting this man. And so maybe we could do another podcast. That sounds good. <laughs> um, so we, I mean, I, we have loved talking with you and is there anything else that's just really pressing on your heart? That's important that you would want to tell people who are listening before, before we end, before we end today. Um, yeah, I'd like to, because I thought about when I was going to come on, I'd, I'd like to say something to like parents about everything that happened. Because, um, like I tried to say at the start, it's much more common nowadays for pedophiles and predators of all the sorts. It's much easier and much more common to encounter them online than you ever would in person. You know, you, I'm sure when you grew up, you would always hear like, you know, stranger danger and you would, your parents would talk to you about how you don't leave a place without them. You don't leave with a stranger. And that's something that's still talked about to this day because that is still a problem. But I think parents really need to talk to their kids about the internet in a way to stay safe on the internet not and not just don't talk to creepy people because the guy who i talked to didn't start out as creepy yeah he didn't he he always tried to stay super nice so he never got to that point of sending off in my brain that he was creepy mm. you have to talk to your children about how if this person messages you and you know, this and if they say this, this and this, or if they want this, this and this, come and talk to me immediately. Block. This is how you block a person. Um, I don't. I don't recommend. Um, a lot of parents like they like to hover over their kids with technology. I had a friend who couldn't be on the computer for an hour. Um, like that was all the time she had in the day. You could be on the computer for an hour. That's it. Mm. And I don't personally recommend like stuff like giving your child their own phone unless they really need to call you for something. 
Um, cause that is usually how it happens is you, a phone that you take into the room or even a computer, an iPad. I don't think a five-year-old needs that. I don't think a 10-year-old needs that, but, um, like make sure if you have like YouTube, maybe like, or anything that they want to watch, like if they're young enough, like put it up on the TV. Don't give them their own device to mm-hmm. sit on. Because mm-hmm. even if it's not a pedophile coming to talk t- to your child, there are people, and I've seen these videos on YouTube, that are greatly disturbing to children, mm-hmm. and parents just don't know it. Mm-hmm. And nowhere is safe online for your child. Even child apps are not safe because there are people who are making your content and they know it's for children and they want children to see it, but it is greatly disturbing. You are so wise beyond your years, Emily. Yeah. You really are. We have, I mean, I've, you've, you've given so many people so much to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks for being on here today. I think to wrap it up, you know, um, everyone, if you listen to The Remnant, um, you know you can find um, Reclaim 611 online at www.reclaim611.org. You can always email us at support at reclaim611.org. We would love to hear from you. Um, we love all kinds of feedback, um, yeah. how this has helped you or what more you would love to hear. Um, so we love interaction. So uh, that's how you can reach us. And we hope you guys have a blessed day. And we'll see you next time. All right. Because there's going to be a next time. Okay. Bye, Emily. Bye.